Uh, can you all stand up? We want to say hello to all our campuses in East County, San Ysidro, City Heights, San Marcos, Donovan State Prison, Juvenile Hall, and all the people, brothers and sisters in the military around the world. Let's give all those people about there. About good big hand. God bless y'all. Quick announcement. Um, obviously, y'all have been uh, watching the news about what's happening in Houston. And it's very easy for us in San Diego to look at that, turn the TV on, and then turn the football game on. Uh, I've been getting calls from pastor friends of mine who tell me, you know, their congregations' houses are lost. Um, their churches are flooded. I had a, a picture of a church, a video, 10,000 seats, and the whole bottom section was water up to the top of the chairs. I can't imagine that. Or that we cannot come to church for two, three, four, five weeks. Um, when we go bankrupt, <laughs> it, it just uh, everything is, is changed. You think about the um, all that water is poisonous. It's poison. The ground is poisoned. There are going to be people going to get sick by the thousands and thousands and thousands. Their life has changed forever. Um, so I want to challenge you. We've collected ten thousand dollars, which to me is nothing. And I want to challenge you to go online and donate something. Uh, this is not your tithe. This is an extra sacrifice over and above. I don't, I'm not a good talk about money person, uh, which is probably one of my weaknesses. I don't, I don't feel comfortable. I don't really do a good job. And, but, and I've never done this, and hopefully I'll never do this ever again. Uh, but my wife and I are going to match that 10000 And not that you not for credit to us, but to challenge you. It's a seed that I'm planting, hoping that people are going to say, you know what, I want to give $10. I'm going to give 10 cents. I'm going to give $100. Something over and above what you give, because we, we, we have pastors that are calling me and say, Miles, can you help us? Anything, anything. I can't imagine that happening to us. Several years ago, the three, two months after we moved into this building, San Diego went on fire. 2007, 500,000 people were evacuated. I was evacuated. I was in a hotel right here in Point Loma with my family, sitting in front of a TV, and I felt like a total failure. Why? Because we just opened this new building. We got this big church, and I'm sitting in a hotel running scared from fire. I wasn't running scared. They told us how to move. And I said, no, we're going to do something. And the next day, we opened that building as an evacuation center. If you were here, you remember that. And we're here every single day. Amen. Now it's our turn to pay it forward to these brothers and sisters in Houston um, that we can't imagine. So uh, I just want to challenge you to do that. If you want to give a gift card, gift cards work great. People can go to Costco, get food. In some places there's no water, there's no electricity. I mean, it is, it is, it is horrible. We can't imagine it. So I just want to challenge you in that. We have, uh, we're working with the Crisis Response International. We have rock chaplains there. We can't send enough people. Can't, can't, we, and uh, so if you feel led to go, let's go. Um, uh, and however we can help. Uh, but if we can't help, just go on your own. Let's go. But, but if you want to give something, $10, $5, whatever it is, we very much appreciate it. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Today's message is the most important message of your life. <laughs> I know I said that last week because I hadn't preached this message yet. Okay. <laughs> Lord, we just pray, I just pray you bless us today. I pray you speak to us today, and I pray uh, that you speak to our thinking. In Jesus' name, amen. Before you move, church, I want you to find someone who does not look like you, who you did not come with, who you do not know. And I want you to tell them God loves you and he's going to bless you today. Amen. God bless you.
Okay, church, we got business. Everyone say business. Business. Say business. Business. Get your Bible out. On the count of three, say word. One, two, three, say word. Word. One more time, say word. Word. Turn to Mark chapter 1, and we'll get to that in a few minutes. We're going to do a little quiz first to get us caught up. If you are new, we are in week five or four, I can't remember what it is, of a series called Kingdom Warriors. Everyone say Kingdom Warriors. Say Kingdom Warriors. In the, and when we do quizzes, if you're new, when we do a quiz, I ask the question, I give you the answer, and then I ask it again so you can say the answer. The, the, the goal is not to trick you, it's to get you to say the answer. In the spiritual world, there are two kingdoms. In the spiritual world, how many kingdoms? How many kingdoms? There is whose kingdom? And there is whose kingdom? Right, we say the devil, just to make it simple with a D. There is whose kingdom? And there is whose kingdom? Who is our teacher? Say Holy Spirit. Who is our teacher? Who is our teacher? Whose presence do we come here to be in? Very good. A warrior is a fierce, trained, disciplined what? A fierce, trained, disciplined what? Very good. A kingdom of God warrior does two things about the kingdom of God. Declare and demonstrate. The kingdom of God warrior does two things. Does what? And he does what? And he also destroys the works of the devil. D word. He does what to the, the works of the devil? He does what to the works of the devil? Very good. Give me my body, soul, spirit. We, our body, we are made up of three parts. Say body, say soul, say spirit. How many parts are we made up of? And Sam, what's the first one? Second one? Say the third one? Okay. When you are, and there are three baptisms. How many baptisms? How many baptisms? Very good. The first baptism is when you get saved, you get baptized into the body of Christ. You are born again, you're a new creation, creation sealed by the Spirit, made alive, seated in heaven, Christ lives in you. Now, if you remember this, this illustration, this is milk, this is chocolate. Don't get distracted by the white, brown thing, okay? It just happens to be milk and chocolate. When you get saved, the Holy Spirit goes in you. When you get saved, do you have the Holy Spirit? It's not a trick question. It's not a trick question. I'm trying to trick you. When you get saved, do you have the Holy Spirit? When you get saved, do you have the Holy Spirit? When you get saved, you have what? Very good. On a spiritual level, your spirit, you are seated at the right hand of the Father. You have the righteousness of Christ. You cannot be spiritually any more righteous than you are. That's the first baptism, into the body of Christ. You're a Christian. But then you have your body. You get baptized in water where you were baptized into discipleship. We see people get baptized in water. The third baptism, which is the baptism of the Holy Spirit, is when your soul, where you have doubt, shame, condemnation, anger, fear, blame, anxiety, depression, suicidal, all these spiritual strongholds, because we saw last week, God did not introduce these into the world. The devil did. Your soul is your mind, your conscience, your will, your emotions. This is where you live, minute by minute. This is why you're saved, but yet your mind is going crazy. Why you're angry and jealous and lustful and addicted because you have a spiritual battle going on here. So when you get saved, you are baptized into the body of Christ. Then you are baptized into discipleship. And then when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, this was two weeks ago. This message, you need to get it. It's online. At that time, it was the most important message of your life. (laughs) But I haven't preached this message yet. When you get baptized, does this person have the Holy Spirit in them? Does this person have the Holy Spirit in them? When you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, look what happens. Oh, baby, baby, bubba. You don't get turned black. The Holy Spirit just goes all through your body, all through your soul, okay? Don't, don't, I'm not trying to trick you here. I'm not trying to make all you brothers and sisters brothers and sisters. But I'm, what I'm trying to say is <laughs> because you already are, you just don't know it, okay? <laughs> what happens when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit? 
all the Holy Ghost starts to saturate and cleanse this, where your fear all of a sudden becomes faith and your problems become peace. Are you following me? You need this every day, by the way. You got to stir the spirit up, stir the gift that's in you every day. Be ye filled, constantly stirred up. Are you, are you following what I'm saying? Now, because we wrestle with the spiritual forces of darkness, this is wrestling, say wrestle. Every day you are wrestling with the spiritual force of darkness because you are in a spiritual battle. You are wrestling, therefore you need the Holy Spirit to be stirred up in your life every day. You cannot win that battle unless the Holy Spirit is flowing through your life. Can I get amen? amen? Very good. Now, when I was in college, we had a guy on our football team named Kevin Moore. He was 6'4", 250 pounds. Big guy. We had another guy named Ray Mahinzik. He was six foot, maybe 15 inches, 400 pounds. Really big. He, we called him like, you know, lurch. He was just big. And he was really, even though he was huge, he was, had a tender heart. He was a big, big baby. Not baby. He was a, like a teddy bear. Sweet guy. But he was big. And he was real quiet, real, just kind of moved real slow. And he was just like a tree. And so him, he, he was a tree. Kevin was a, was a bush. And they were bouncing at a nightclub in New Haven, Connecticut, where I went to school. And, you know, so you got maybe 6'11", 6'9", whatever. He's 6'8". And then Kevin was 6'4". And they weighed collectively six, 700 pounds. And then this kid comes up, or, you know, 20-something-year-old, whatever, 150 pounds had drunk about two gallons of liquid courage, beer, and he's up there talking all this trash to Ray and Kevin. And they're just laughing at him. I'm going to whoop you. I'm going to do this to you. And he's just all drunk. Oh, I'm going to do this. Because they kicked him out at the, at the bar. And, and, and Kevin says to him, think about what you are saying. <laughs> think about what you are saying. And he didn't say any more than that, but we will kill you. We will throw you across the street, whatever we want. You are this big to us. Kingdom warriors have to think about what you are thinking. You will never, ever, ever be a kingdom warrior if you do not have the mind of Christ and think like he thinks. You can come to church every week. You can memorize the Bible. You can pray for hours and hours and hours. But if in the moment that you are walking through life every day, do not think like Christ and make decisions based on thinking like Christ, it doesn't mean anything. <clears throat> That's why so many believers are fruitless, powerless, ineffective. They just go to church. They say, Jesus, word. I'm not saying that's bad because we, we taught that to you. However... In the moment that you were in a discussion, in an argument, walking into school, walking into uh, uh, the mall or a store, you have to think about your thinking and have your thinking lead to actions that lead to consequences that honor God. If you have bad thinking, you have bad actions, you have bad consequences, and your witness is blown, and the fact that you're a Christian means nothing to anybody. You have to think about your thinking. Look at Mark chapter 1, verse 14. It says... After John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, saying, the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand, repent and believe. Repent, you cannot repent of your actions until you repent of your thinking. I cannot think like the world thinks. I cannot, when someone yells at me, I cannot think like the world thinks and yell back, God, how do you want me to respond? 
You have to think about what you're, some of you have to think about what you're thinking right now. I want to leave. What's going on in your head? Think about your thinking. Let it be in your notes. Think about your thinking as a conversation with the Holy Spirit or the spiritual forces of darkness. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Think about that. When you are having thoughts in your head, who are you talking to? The Holy Spirit could be whispering to you, hey, I want you to forgive that person. And then you say, I don't want to forgive that person. Holy Spirit says, I want you to start to pray. And the devil says, you don't need to pray. So you respond, I don't want to pray. The center of your spiritual warfare is right here. Now, this is why it's so important for you to understand this. You may think, well, it's, it's just here in my heart. Your heart is all of this. And, and, and here's why. Because some people think, well, I'm just going to go and I'm going to pray and I'm going to feel different. And when I feel different, I'm going to act different. <clears throat> You're going to act different when you make decisions. Because you could feel I'm nervous and make a decision to, by faith, push through. That's called courage. Your biggest warfare is right here. Because what happens is, if I have my body, soul, and spirit again, just leave that up here for the rest of the thing. I am saved, born again. This is fact. I am, I am not half born again. I'm 100% born again. I'm 100% new creation in, in the spirit. But in my soul and my mind, I'm still tripping. How many of y'all know that? How, how, how many of y'all know you're tripping? Okay, say, can I get amen? You got fear, you got anxiety, you got doubt, you got shame, you got condemnation, you got depression, you got, you got addiction, you got lust, racism, whatever, all the stuff you got going on in your, in your head, yet you read the Bible. And then you fight with all this battle. Why? Because there's a battle going on here, a spiritual battle in your soul, in your emotions, in your perception, in your mind. But yet you are saved. How, how are these? This is your spiritual battle right here. And so when you're thinking, you are actually making a decision. Do I listen to the spiritual forces or the strongholds that the devil has on me? Or do I listen to and, and, and reconcile who I am by what the word says? That's your decision. That is your spiritual battle. Don't think your spiritual battle is I'm going to walk into a situation and is it, is it God going to open up a door or is the devil going to shut the door? I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that doesn't happen, but really the battle is how am I responding in a real time, moment by moment, by what the reality of the Bible says about who I am compared to what this spiritual battle going on says who I am. Because who God says who you are is who you are. If I call you dumb, hey, God says you're, you're not. You're smart. He, God says you have his wisdom. So what I say doesn't matter. But if you choose to believe what I tell you, if you choose to believe what someone calls you, that's on you. And then you believe the lie. And you negated what God said you are. You have to understand your thinking is a conversation with the Holy Spirit or a conversation with the spiritual forces of darkness. Because some of you have thoughts about people that are lustful, angry, resentful, bitterness, racist, or whatever it is. Those thoughts are not coming from God. And those thoughts were not brought into the world by God. They were brought into the world by the devil, as we saw last week. Because everything God made was good. And then the devil came and tempted and put Eve and Adam through this whole process of bringing all this garbage into the world. Now you have it. So you have to fight that spiritual battle in your mind, moment by moment. And we're going to talk about how in a minute. Are y'all following me so far? Okay, let us see. Let us see. Think about your thinking as a process of renewing your mind. 
You and I have to go through a process which will last from now until the day you die of renewing and changing the way you think. This has nothing to do with what you feel. Well, it does because what you feel is going to influence how you think. You have to say no to your feelings. Matter of fact, one of the, one of the great things about, well, I'll get to that in a minute. Let's, let's look at Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. It says, Romans 12, 1 and 2. I'll read it. It says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed. There was a transformed. By the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is a good and acceptable, perfect will of God. Your mind needs to be renewed. Everyone say, my mind needs to be renewed. The way you process information in your brain needs to change. And the Holy Spirit does that work in partnership with your effort. But you have to understand, I have to renew my mind. You have to look at the rest of your life, I need to renew my mind. I need to change the way I think. I need to think not like my parents taught me, not like my friends teach me, not like Political correctness teaches me, not like TV teaches me. I need to think like the Bible says. That is a, a, a conscious decision which will never happen unless you deliberately do that. Okay? Look at number four. Or letter D. Think about your thinking as taking every thought captive and making them obedient to Christ. Who? That is heavy. Um, my favorite part of the day is when I go to sleep. Can I get an amen? amen? When you go to sleep, your brain goes through many cycles because it's renewing itself, it's recharging itself, and, and, and it's taking your body through a, 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 a several different phases of regeneration and, and rebuilding. One of those cycles is called the REM cycle, R-E-M, REM paralysis. Your eyes are... Uh, um, uh, rapid eye movement, your eyes are moving in your head, and during your REM cycle, you have dreams. And during your dreams, you are paralyzed. You cannot move voluntarily. It is called REM paralysis. And the reason God created REM paralysis is so you would not be able to act out your dreams. Can you imagine doing what you are dreaming? All of y'all would be divorced. <laughs> Some of y'all will be dead because you try to jump off your building. <laughs> Can you get an amen? Can I get an amen? You get it. You get it. So right now, you go, oh, all stuff's going on in your head, uh, but you can't move. Praise the Lord. And so, but what happens, <laughs> what happened was sometimes you wake up half awake and you're, in, you're half awake and half in a dream and you kind of can sense something going on in your head, but you also can sense something in the room, that you're in a room. And you get scared and you think that something in your head is happening in your room. And you think someone's in the room or a monster or whatever, and you start to try to look, but you can't move. You're frozen. Anybody experience this? Can I get an amen? And then you try to scream, but your voice is saying, I don't know. And you're like this. And you're trying to turn your head. And you can't turn your head. And you're frozen. Can I get an amen? 
that's REM paralysis. So you're dreaming, but you're having, but you're able, you're awake enough to experience your, your paralysis. Your brain is telling you scream, and your body is saying no. Your brain is telling you move your head, and your body's saying no. Your brain is telling you get up, run, move, get, take the covers off, and your body is saying no. What this verse says is that when thoughts come into your mind, you have to say, you're walking into a, in a conversation and everyone starts to gossip about somebody and the thought comes into your mind to add fuel to the fire to tear this person's character down. You need to take that thought and say, wait a minute, you're going to obey Jesus. I'm going to not say what you want, devil, because that's the works of the devil, but I'm going to say, hey, we need to talk about something different. When you walk into a room and everybody's going to smoke the weed... And you look around saying, is anybody from the rock here? And you think maybe I can get away with it. And you take that thought captive and you say, no, God is here. <laughs> can I get an amen? You're walking in the mall. You're walking in the mall and, and you like to shop. And you know you're going to see stuff you cannot afford. And you go into the thing and you see a girl getting ready to have a dress that you want. And she, it's the last one. And you think, I got to get it because I don't want her to get it because I want to have it because I want to look better in it than her. And she puts it on the rack, turns her, and this little voice says, you need to grab it so she doesn't get it. Even though you can't afford it, you need to take that thought captive, ladies, <laughs> and say, it's Okay. Fellas, you're going to walk into some store and there's pictures of half-naked ladies on the wall because they put them everywhere to get your attention and to get you thinking about stuff. You got to take that thought captive. Don't go in the store. You have to make those thoughts obedient because if you do not make, take those thoughts and make them obedient to Christ, you will have an action consistent with that unbiblical thought which will be consistent with the unbiblical consequence. The tools of a kingdom warrior are prayer and the word of God. You need to take those thoughts captive and you need to pray through them and apply the word of God to them to make sure that what your thought is, is obedient. So when you're having these thoughts of anger and jealousy and gossip and criticism and lust and all the things in Galatians chapter 5, 19, 5 verse 19 to 20, tell us or the deeds of the flesh. And by the way, and things like that, you say, no, no, no. For all y'all who work out, and especially those who, who run marathons and all that kind of stuff, I'm sure in every marathon, half marathon, whatever you run, which I've never run a half marathon, but I got to believe at some point in that race, you want to stop. And your body's saying, listen, enough is enough. You're going to run 50 million miles to get to this point. Can we just stop right now? And you say, no. You listen to me. You do what I say. And you keep running. That's why you're excited when you get to the end. That's how you have to do with your thoughts. You cannot let your thoughts control you. You control them. You have to distinguish between your thoughts and your mind. Your mind is who you are, your personality. And you can say, I'm thinking of a bad thought. Where did that thought come from? Stop. In Jesus' name, I rebuke you. That's not godly. That's what you have to do. If you do not do that, all this is just for show. You come, check the box, look, God, I went to, I went to church. And then you go to work and your, and your employees, your fellow employees, go, well, you're no different than me. You talk like me, you act like me, you respond to stuff just like me. There's no different than me. It's when you take your thoughts captive and you say you are going to obey me. How do we do that? Three things. Look in your notes. Number one, invite, we destroy the works of the devil by inviting the active presence of the Holy Spirit into your thinking. Ephesians 5.18 
It says, do not be drunk, but be ye filled with the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? Do this every day. Every day. Every day. What does this mean? Stir up the gift that's within you, the Holy Spirit. What does this mean? Look on the screen. Holy Spirit, I invite your presence into my day. I invite your presence into my thoughts and decisions. Before you open your eyes, say that. Holy Spirit, I invite your presence into my life. I invite your presence. I, wanna, I just want to acknowledge that you are here and you are my teacher. You are my leader. You are my strength. You are my guide. You are my counselor. You are more my encourager. You are my help. You are my, my advocate. Holy Spirit, I'm acknowledging you. That's why we pray to the Holy Spirit. We sing to the Holy Spirit. We talk about him being here because he is the one. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, they're all God. You can say that every day. That is a conscious decision. So when you wake up, Holy Spirit, I invite you to my day. You go brush your teeth, Holy Spirit, I invite you to my day. Holy Spirit, I invite you to my decisions. I invite you to my, my thinking. How do you want me to handle these emails? How do you want me to handle this meeting I'm going to go to? All day long. Go into a meeting. Holy Spirit, I invite you into this meeting. Someone comes and starts cursing at you, lying to you, jamming you up, confronting you. And you look at them and you say, Holy Spirit, you're here right now. He says, yes, I am. So you say to that person, I can see you're upset. Can I invite you into the presence of the Holy Spirit? Because you feel shame maybe, your condemnation, you feel anger right now. I want to pray for you. This is Kingdom Warrior. You're a fighter. You're going to fight with these things constantly because you are in a spiritual battle. If you think a spiritual warrior is just someone by name because you go to church and, and, and filled out a lesson plan. You are highly deceived. It is a fierce, train, relentless what? Fierce, train, relentless what? One more time. Fierce, train, relentless what? Right. And guess what that battle is? Right here. And when you take that thought captive, you apply the word of God to it. You apply prayer to it. That's your battle. Number two in your notes. Ask, you defeat the works of the devil by asking the Holy Spirit for a biblical perspective on your thoughts. A biblical perspective on your thoughts. One of the roles of the Holy Spirit is John 14, 26. It says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all things that I said to you. What does that mean? You're walking into a meeting. And, the, and you're saying, Holy Spirit, I'm inviting your presence. I'm walking in your presence. I'm acknowledging that I'm walking into your presence. Matter of fact, one of the ways Christians, are, the identity of Christians is described is the gate of heaven. You and I are the gate of heaven. In other words... A gate is an entrance from one realm to another or one area to another. <laughs> heaven, you walk under open heaven and here's the world. The Holy Spirit, you are the gate of heaven. The Holy Spirit can flow through you to the world. So when you walk into a room, you are the gate of heaven. Holy Spirit, I realize that I'm the gate of heaven and I carry your presence. Oh, my goodness. So I'm going to carry my presence into this room. And then people are talking about stuff that I don't like or I don't think is unbiblical or it disturbs my spirit. In other words, it makes me feel uncomfortable because this is contrary to this. 
So, Holy Spirit, I want to ask you, what Bible verse or story can apply to the doubt, shame, condemnation I'm getting from this room? What verse is it? Bring to my remembrance what Jesus said. And the Holy Spirit may give you a word of knowledge, which means he may tell you something you've never had come into your brain before. That's walking with God. As a matter of fact, next week we're going to talk about prophecy and we're going to speak life to each other. And we're going to talk about how our words should only be used to bring edification, exhortation, and comfort to people. Never to tear people down. Imagine that. Imagine that. Imagine how many friends you would have if all you ever did was speak life to people. Instead of cutting this person down, cutting that person down, cutting that person down, planting negativity in, in people's minds about everything. Instead of saying, Lord, I'm only going to speak what honors you. That's next week. We're going to talk about that. It's going to be powerful. Make sure you come bring somebody. But now the Holy Spirit is going to bring you, uh, bring, you want to ask the Holy Spirit to bring remembrance all things Jesus said. How do you do that? By simply saying, Holy Spirit, what is your counsel on how to deal with this? Holy Spirit, I'm getting, I'm getting angst from this person. I'm getting criticism from this person. I'm getting, I'm, I'm getting fear from this person. What do you want me to do? What does your word say? Constantly talk to him. Constantly. And number three, submit to the power of the Holy Spirit in order to respond as an act of worship. The devil wants your worship. How does he get your worship? For you to make a decision to trust his counsel in your head versus God's counsel in your head. When you're in a conversation, you can choose to gossip and criticize or you can choose to change the subject or challenge people. You're either going to worship and honor the devil by doing what he says, or you're going to honor God by doing what he says. When you walk into a store or you walk into a situation where your eyes are going to drift and think things that shouldn't think, Holy Spirit, I don't want to think that. I need, I need power to not turn my head because there's something over there I shouldn't look at. So I need, I got to, uh, I got to turn this way. I need your Power. I need your power to not respond in anger. I need your power to respond gracefully. I need your power. You tell me to pray for this person. We're right in the middle of the mall. It's going to be awkward. He says, I don't care about awkward. I died on the cross. Be awkward. Why don't you go share your faith with that? I'm nervous, God. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't care. You trust me. You walk by faith. That's what a warrior does. This is not about you being in control. Obey me. And if you say and come up with excuses to rationalize why you don't obey God, those rationalizations are from the devil. That's a decision. That is ground zero for your spiritual battle. That is ground zero for the activity of a warrior. Because it's in those decisions to obey God, to worship as an act of worship, that's where the miracles come. You are never going to pray and see someone healed if you don't pray for them. You're never going to see someone get saved unless you share your faith. You're never going to have a financial blessing until you honor God and obey God in how you use your finances. It doesn't happen any other way. And it comes when you make a decision in your mind to obey what the Spirit of God is saying. 
And many of you, I, I would say many of you, I got to believe all of you have had moments where God's telling you to do stuff. And you're like, man, that's, that's out of left field, but it's biblical. Like, man, God, you want me to pray for that person? I don't know that person. He knows them. It has nothing to do with you. You don't have to know them, and you don't have to know what to say. Let me tell you something. There have been times when I walk up here or other, other places where I'm going to speak, and I don't know. I, don't, I mean, I know generally what I'm going to say, but I also kind of, there's other things I don't know what I'm going to say. How could that be? I don't know. God just doesn't tell me. He's, here's your outline, but I'm like, what about this? You know, how am I going to start this? How am I going to end this story? He says, I'll tell you when they get there. And I can honestly tell you this, 100% of the time I speak, whatever's funny, 90% of that is not planned. It just happens. I don't plan it when I prepare a sermon. I leave that to God. I just plan the other stuff. And, he, and then he just says, when you get up there, we'll just flow. I say, okay, we'll flow every time. And so I'm used to that. So I have gaps and holes where the Holy Spirit's going to go, I'll go over here, come back, go over here, come back. Sometimes I don't come back. That's on me. But that's another story. <laughs> Acts 1.8. You shall receive power, and we'll say power, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. You know what you say to every day? Holy Spirit, empower me. Say, say this with me. Say, Holy Spirit, empower me. Say this with me. Say, Holy Spirit, baptize me. Actually, Jesus baptized you in the Holy Spirit, but you get what I'm saying. Say, Holy Spirit. Fill me, empower me to respond in a way that honors the Father. And let me tell you something. Every time you respond in a way that honors the Father, it is going to require faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Let me give you a very easy example. Someone that gets under your skin. How many of us have people that get under our skin? Okay. How many of us get under someone's skin? Thank you. Okay, very good. Just so, just so we're talking. You're going to have someone who gets under your skin and God's going to say, I want you to pray, go over there and lay hands on them and pray that I bless them. And you're going to say, I don't want to. And God's going to say, that's exactly why I asked you. So what you going to do when they come for you? What you going to do? And if you do it, you are responding in a way that honors the Father. If you don't do it, you are responding in a way that honors the devil. So you think all your day, all throughout the day, how often are you thinking the way God wants you to think? How often are you taking thoughts that are captive that aren't obedient, which you will get them all day, and saying no? I'm not thinking that. No, I'm not thinking that. Or how often are you just going about your day doing your own thing and at the end of the day saying, dear God, bless my day. He's like, fool, you done sinned all day long. You didn't acknowledge me one time. What was that? Do you think you're just good enough in your nature that you could just please me by yourself? Because you can't all day think about your thinking. My mother has cancer, and we found this out last week. It came back, and 
I know the devil is messing with her thoughts. And I also know God is speaking to her as well. She's 80 years old. That's a battle. And so right now I want to I just take a minute and pray for my mom. I'm going to make an executive decision to pray for my mom. Okay, and by the way, does anybody else have family who has cancer? We're going to pray for them as well. Look at all these people. Let's, let's just do that really quick because I want to, that's what I'm thinking about now. Let's all just bow for a word of prayer real quick. Holy Spirit, I know you love my mom and all these people who have cancer. I also know you are the great physician. So we pray for healing. We pray, Lord, for the moment my moment, spiritual battle going on in her mind and all their minds. And the lies the devil is speaking to them in their mind. We pray your peace. We pray they would dwell on things that are holy and pure and right and praiseworthy. The things that are absolutely true about their position in Christ. And Lord, as our eyes are closed and our heads are bowed, there are people here who have been thinking about their life and their relationship with you. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Think about that. The Bible says the penalty of sin is death, eternal separation from God and hell. And the Bible says that while we were sinners, Jesus Christ died on the cross and rose from the dead to pay for our sins. So think about this. We're all sinners and without Christ we are doomed. But now think about this. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. In other words, God's saying, even though you are a sinner and even though the penalty of a sin is death, I will forgive you right now. If you just ask me and trust me and surrender your life to me. So on all the campuses, if you want Christ to be your Savior and you would like to make a decision to surrender your life to him, I want you to pray this prayer with me in the privacy of your heart. Pray, dear God, I believe that I'm a sinner and I believe the penalty of my sin is death. Jesus, please forgive me. Fill me with the Spirit of God. I want to be born all over again. I surrender my life to Jesus. As our eyes are closed and our heads are bowed, if you prayed that prayer in a minute, I'm going to ask you to stand on all the campuses. Someone's going to be there to pray with you. And let me tell you, there's a little voice in your head saying, you don't need to stand. Let me tell you where that voice is coming from. The reason you need to stand is because you need to take a public, make a public declaration of the kingdom of God in your life. Because God is going to call you to walk with him and obey him and trust him in public. So on the count of three, if you prayed that prayer, I'm going to ask you to stand in your seat right where you are, wherever you are on all the campuses or in prison. One, two, three. Stand to your feet if you prayed that prayer. God bless you. Very good. God bless you. 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 Stay standing. God bless you. 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 We see you upstairs. God bless y'all. God bless you. Here's what we're going to do. In a minute. 
We're going to ask all the people who are standing to come out of your seat. If you're in the balcony, all you got to do is turn around and walk up, and the ushers will bring you down. If you're not standing, we don't want to leave right now. We don't want to lose these people. We want to celebrate them. So if you're standing, come out of your seat. Come on down to the altar, and let's give them a hand. They come on down. Amen. Come on. Stay right there and face me. Just stay right there. Just face me. Right. Good. No, me. There we go. Here we go. God bless you. Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Stay right there. God bless you. Stay right there. God bless you. Come on. Let's give him a big hand. Come on now. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Hey, how you doing? God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Come forward, everybody. Come forward. Here we go. God bless you. God bless you. That's okay. That's okay. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. Amen. God bless you. 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 Amen. Amen. Let me say this uh, rather quickly because we're running out of time. Uh, This is a relationship. It's a relationship just like with a person. We talk about the Holy Spirit, about speaking to him. He's a person. We were made in his image, not him in our image. And what we want to do is help you develop that relationship with God. Because in the context of that relationship, he wants to make you like him. That's what Christian means, be like him. Amen? And so we're going to pray for them. Then we're going to celebrate them into that room. And after they get in that room, Pastor Marcus will dismiss us. Let me challenge you, think. All day, if all you get out of the sermon, really, if all you get out of the sermon is to say this all day, Holy Spirit, I invite you into my, my mind. Say that all day. Holy Spirit, I invite you into my thoughts. Holy Spirit, I invite you into my thoughts. You're acknowledging that he's there and you're giving him permission to speak. Amen? Next week we're going to talk about speaking prophetic language. What does that mean? Encouraging people. Speaking life to them. Amen? So come. We're going to have people who have a gift of prophecy that will tell you stuff you want to know. But we're also going to practice on each other. And it's going to be really simple because we're going to tell you what to say. But it's going to bring life to you and to them. Can I get amen? Lord, we pray for all these people. We pray you bless them, encourage them, challenge them. Thank you for your goodness in Jesus' name. Amen. Take a right turn to walk this way. Let's give him a hand. Let's give him a hand. Amen. Amen. You guys can have a seat as we're going to move into our times of receiving tithes and offerings and also our pastoral support team is making them way forward. You know, 
God is such a good God. He does amazing things in this church, through us, throughout the city, but also with the church at large. My brother, who, who I've shared recently, he just moved to San Diego from Houston uh, about a month or so ago to start a business. And so he's here, but his house he didn't sell, and his house has been rented out, and it's been rented out to a family, uh, a pastor and his family there in Houston. And so during the, the floods, obviously I was asking my brother, how are things going? And then one night he, he, he said, pray for us. Our house has two feet of water and it's been flooded. And so the pastor and his family had to move 